And now, a great moment in furniture history. One summer in the early 90s, the Bob behind Bob's Discount Furniture did something that would send shockwaves throughout the furniture business. He eliminated haggling and ended the unfair and insidious practice of artificially jacking up prices only to throw a phony sale. What remains unanswered is why he would end such a lucrative scheme. It was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. This has been another great moment in furniture history. Watch furniture history unfold at mybobs.com. So, you know, Audrey, ever since we moved into our new space at Nova Place, we have a co-working desk. We've rented out some cubes. It's like a flurry of activity. It is. It's great. It's like we built a center. It's like we built a center. And as part of that center, our friends at Dickie McKamey and Chilcoat, they took out a desk and they like hanging out. They want to be part of Pittsburgh's tech sector. And uh, it's been so much fun like seeing them be kind of part of our scene. And they're in the process of putting together a, a new event they're going to be running from time to time at the Tech Council where they want to kind of work with our tech companies, you know, free of charge, kind of a pro bono event just to kind of answer any, you know, light legal questions and just kind of provide some advice and some guidance and mm-hmm. direction along things. And so they're kind of dubbing this thing. I kind of love this. It's the Tech Legal Clinic, the TLC. So oh, we're saying nice. get some TLC from DMC, which we think is pretty, pretty cool. So I had the ability to talk to some of the folks from, from Dickie McCamey about what they want to do with this clinic they're going to be running at the Tech Council. And when encourage people to hang out at the Tech Council and, and kind of meet up with them and, and be part of what That's we're awesome. doing as far as that goes. So I put together a little interview in our podcast room uh, back, back at the uh, old HQ, and I want to run that for you guys right now and check it out. We'll be right back in a quick second. So one of the best things about hanging out at the Pittsburgh Technology Council and our new Nova Place headquarters is hanging out with the coolest people. We've got some great members and we have a co-working desk, and sometimes they come together in magical ways. And such things has happened with Dickie McCamey and Chilcote, one of the coolest law firms here in Pittsburgh. And they're hanging out with us in order to give our members like legal advice. They want to be there. They want to be helpful. And I'm just excited to talk more about this and actually in an event we're going to be having in June to kind of formally introduce this new program to our membership. And I'm hanging out with uh, Jason Ott and, of course, with Derek Maltzby from the firm. Guys, welcome and thanks for being part of Tech Vibe Radio tonight. Oh, no, absolutely. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So first off, Jason, give us your background real quick and what you do with the firm. Yeah, sure. Uh, So uh, my name is Jason Ott. Uh, I've been with Dickie McCamey for about a decade uh, now and, and working uh, with a lot of uh, companies and, and helping them out in a lot of different ways, setting up new companies, helping people with, you know, later on, um, you know, with purchase and, and sales of businesses and generally giving them, you know, kind of corporate advice and, you know, uh, also gotten into a lot of compliance with that too. So we've, uh, we've been able to do a lot of different things with, with some great companies and, and that's something that we're continuing to do, obviously, here with, with you folks and, yeah. and the members of the PTC. So When I heard you're taking out a desk with us and you're going to be hanging out, like interacting with our members, I got really excited because over the 20-plus years I've been with the council, I've seen so many companies come and go and literally just fizzle because they weren't set up properly from the get-go, didn't necessarily have the right legal advice and connections early on. And being able to connect in with those companies at early stages I think is great. And so, Derek, what's your background and why are you excited to be part of this program here that we're doing? Yeah, no, so my background, uh, I've only been with the Dickie McGamey now for about a year. Okay. So I'm a newcomer. And uh, when I got there, I noticed that there was really a need in Pittsburgh. Uh, ah, a lot of okay. – we have a huge tech community here. And it's a lot of younger people and, and a lot of people that don't necessarily have access to the finances to hire a legal team. And so one of the more important things that I thought uh, that we could do was get involved uh, with the future of Pittsburgh and, and with the technology community and how could we be of service to those folks and make Definitely. these you know, meaningful relationships with the community. And I, I took that to Jason and 
Uh, we worked on some assignments for some larger companies in uh, the data privacy realm. Uh, I became somewhat of a subject matter expert in uh, consumer privacy. And then we started to really just work on uh, creating a relationship with the Pittsburgh Technology Council so we could get involved with some of the smaller startups and small companies so we could, we could help them along their path. It's such a cool thing. And I'm really excited because on June 11th, we're kicking off the, uh, the Tech Legal Clinic. We were calling it TLC. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, what that D- TLC with Dickie McGamey and Chillcoat, but shorter, it's TLC with DMC. Even better, yeah. Great. Man, no, I think that's so cool. It's awesome. I think it's so cool. So maybe give us a little run over. What can we expect at the event? And it's a lunch event. Of course, there's a free lunch, and which I always tell people, it's a free lunch. Stop by. But better yet, there's going to be some some great information you guys are going to be giving out. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I think what we're going to try to do is, is give an overview of what we do at the Tech and Data Group, um, you know, at Dickie McCamey, um, give some folks uh, an outline of, you know, different topics we're going to cover for a period of time here. And, and you know, we're going to be as present as we can here in the community and, and not only sharing space here, uh, but also giving these, you know, uh, tech legal clinic uh, presentations. So talking a little bit about corporate formation, like you talked about, and uh, obviously raising capital and, and how all that kind of works together and then uh, protecting protecting an intellectual property, you know. and, and all, all the good fun stuff. I yeah, like right. All, these key points that companies need to know about. Yeah, right? all, I mean, because you have really innovative, interesting, intelligent people doing incredible things here in Pittsburgh, and we want to do everything we can to help make sure that they safeguard all that value that they have and, and they can maximize it. So That's the life or the death of a company quite yeah. often. And so that's why I think it's so great that you're taking time out of your schedule. I mean, you guys, you have billable hours here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, have, you, have, you, have, you have work to do, but you're taking time out of that as a way to give back to the tech community, which I think is really important. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that there's always been kind of this disconnect with innovators and startups in the legal community, uh, whereas they feel – we're sharks uh, looking to, you know, come after them. And, and the one thing we wanted to do is we wanted to become a part of the community. Uh, and that was really important to us. And, you know, we've been with the PTC Definitely. for about a month now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've really just focused on becoming a part of this community, getting to know the folks at PTC, um, being organic and genuine. And I think that, you know, if, when folks come to our, our June 11th event, uh, TLC with DMC, they will, uh, it gets better and better the more you say it. I, yeah, no, I, I, We're going to keep saying it. Though. Yeah, I think I'm obsessed with saying it now. Uh, but I think when they come here, they'll get that feel from us. Uh, we're, we're genuine, real people, and, and we want to help. We want to you know, have open palms, and we want people to feel yeah. comfortable coming to us and asking us any questions they have on well, their mind. I couldn't agree more. I know as we've been you're talking about spinning this up over the past like six weeks or so. I've just been so impressed hanging out with you guys because like, you guys are really – you care about this you know, tech community and you want to help. And that's just so important to us here because, you know, our region is going to only grow by having more companies succeed and you're helping those companies succeed by doing this. And so I really encourage everybody to stop by June 11th. Lots of uh, ample parking here at Nova Place <laughs> as far as that is. And at the Pittsburgh Technology Council headquarters, um, right next to the Federal Galley restaurant. And like I said, at the end of the day, you're going to make some great connections by going to this and actually learn something very, very actionable, very good takeaway stuff that's really you know, fundamental to the formation of your tech company as far as that goes. So if you go to pghtech.org and click on our events tab, it'll be right in there. You can get all the details for it. Just click and register. Like I said, no cost at all. And you get to hang out with uh, you know, Jason and Derek here. So it's going to be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you for, thank you for having us. Of course. Right, absolutely. And, and if you want to learn more about Dickie McCamey, where can they go and learn more about you guys? They, uh, they can check out our website, mm-hmm. uh, D. 
cmclaw.com, uh, law.com, it's all one word. Um, and yeah, right on there, you can check out our tech and data group, uh, our practice group, uh, uh, you know, Derek and, and, and myself and Jory Bagnato. Um, and, you know, check out all, all the different ways that we can help. And, and certainly, please feel free to reach out to us, you know, not only at the June 11th yeah. uh, meeting, but also just in general. Anytime, you know? just, it's, it's a phone call or an email away. Simple as that. Absolutely. Great yeah. stuff, guys. I can't wait for June 11th. Tell you what, Audrey. So happy to have uh, Dickie McKamey hanging out with us. But on tonight's show, we have a new startup in town called Oridin, energy startup, really, really cool company with a lot of uh, financial backing. We've got Method Automation, and we have the friends from Coltspark adding some public relations capacity to their, to their operations there. So good stuff. We'll take a quick break. We're coming right back. So glad you kept your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, we've got some cool guests with us hanging tonight. We've got a good mix of companies hanging out with us tonight. I'm really excited to talk to our friends from Cold Spark. I know. It's great to catch up with them. Yeah. So so who do we have in the house? Introduce yourselves, if you would. I'm Doree Snagy, Vice President of Public Relations for Cold Spark. Absolutely. I'm Mark Harris, the founding partner. Founding partner. Excellent. Oh, great. So let's talk about Cold Spark, right? You've got some new things going on, right? You have some new leadership. Doree, you're new. I'm new. I started February 1st, joined the team, and um, building out a public relations practice for ColdSpark. Really? So what does a public relations practice look like? So if there's people that are interested, what would they be looking for? Sure. So um, a lot of what ColdSpark inherently did as a political consultancy, um, we're just expanding on the communications. So uh, crisis communications, issue advocacy, um, thought leadership, all of those types of things are what we're trying to help new clients right. uh, with. Because you, you were obviously very specialized on the political side of things, but taking that horsepower and applying it to other businesses and areas of interest. Most definitely. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we will always be a political consultancy at heart. Uh, however, uh, we would like to help uh, nonprofit clients yeah. and uh, ex- expand a little bit out into the corporate clients as well. I think it gives you an edge, too. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because you've been really well branded in that area. Well, why area. does yeah. it give you an edge? Why do you think it gives you an edge? I, I think from us, the reason we were excited about this is that we saw the principles that worked in political campaigns. We do races all across the country from, you know, we did Marco Rubio's uh, presidential super PAC uh, last cycle all the way down to local commissioners. And you have to be nimble. You have to be fast. You have to approach solving the problems uh, in a really disciplined way. And so we saw the needs that the corporate world had that we just felt like we were going to be able to service those clients to help them solve their problems quicker and more effectively than a lot of the other players in the space right now. So that's why we you know, we were really excited to bring Doris on the team and the sort of operation that she's putting together to help us build out into those clients, which is really what our objective is, to, to help them you know, bring the, the expertise we have in the political space in the communications capacity to solving these corporations and nonprofits that have similar sort of comms problems. Makes total sense. Absolutely. So maybe run us through, like, so our our listeners can get a better feeling. Like, what does a typical engagement look like when someone comes to you and they're like, I need you with my public relations firm. I got How how do you work with somebody? There's some basic blocking and tackling you do. There's some other areas where you can kind of scale things up. How does it work for you guys? Sure. Well, it's really unique for each client. So public relations is um, so diverse in such a broad field. Um, a lot of times we have clients who may not even know that they, they need public relations support. That's what I was thinking as you were talking. And so what's that awakening? 
Well, sometimes it's not the best awakening. It's a crisis, right? It's a crisis, right? Right. It can usually come in a, in crisis form. And right. you guys are good at that too. So we I mean, do. Thing, we right? we uh, yes, we are. If Fortunate it blows for our up, you can yeah. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. We're we are used to dealing with all sorts of craziness, and <laughs> mm-hmm. at the last minute, in the middle of the night, on weekends, whatever. I mean, we're we're used to that call of you know. Unfortunately, I think from both of our perspectives, oftentimes a client calls when their house is on fire. And we're excellent at helping put the fire out, but we'd rather be in the business of helping them prepare so that the damage that happens in this crisis uh, can be avoided or mitigated. Fireproof the house, put some fire extinguishers in there, a couple smoke detectors. Yeah, (laughs) much rather do that work. Um, But obviously, um, you know, that's not always the case. And sometimes, you know, clients run into, you know, they have industrial accidents. They have, you know, sort of uh, employee-related issues, all these sort of things that come up. That they they you know they tend to think of like well what's the legal solution or what but they're not thinking about how do we protect our brand how do we communicate our message to deal with whatever this crisis exactly, is right. and so that's the expertise that we really bring to the table and that's why I thought you have this edge because when it comes to the political scene that's like magnified by a hundred so. A typical crisis is probably nothing compared to a political crisis. Well, I think it's a, it, it is interesting just in my experience and understanding you know sort of the political landscapes at the local, you know, state and federal level, it the skills that you've developed through those kinds of experiences and working with that really do apply to companies who want to scale. Right, absolutely. And I think for companies who are looking to be more proactive on the crisis comms front, um, what we can do for them is have a uh, run a vulnerability audit. So what Ooh, could your vulnerability audit? What could your problems be? And for a lot of corporations, there are problems that they don't even really foresee um, or don't even think about, right. or don't want to know. Don't want to yeah, know. Like, don't want to think about. We had suspicions, but we'll just pretend, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Right. So it's definitely easier being able to get out ahead of things like that. Um, but that's just not always the case, and we're, we're good at we're good at both ends of the spectrum. There. And so, how would you help nonprofit clients? Sure. So for nonprofits, it's also very unique. So whether it's helping to um, bring light to an issue to help them get additional funding that they're looking for. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Sure. Or whether it's putting their leadership as thought leaders, you know, in in their specific um, whatever they're they're trying to you know talk about and get their message out, trying to get them kind of on the forefront, mm-hmm. so people become more interested and invested, and again donate more money to their nonprofit or become involved. Like a good example is we worked with an education-related nonprofit here in Pittsburgh that had a problem. They were looking to promote uh, educational reform issue, um, but they didn't really know where to start. And so we came in and helped develop a whole game plan from start to finish of this is, you know, we did, you know, research and polling on like this is how you talk about the issue. And then how do you then communicate it, not just to the press, but also to the public at large. And so dividing a whole communications plan to help them achieve that mission. And there's specific messaging for each audience and keep on track so you're consistent and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, message discipline. It's all important stuff, and that's why I think it's important to have you talking about this so even people aren't quite that stage to be thinking in the back of their minds at some point, I might need some public relations help. And there's great resources in Pittsburgh. Right. I think the common misconception about public relations is that it's a press release, period. Right, and those are never it. 
Right. Not very, very rarely. It's one is little that piece all... of the pie. There. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. My, I always call it the Chandler Bing of careers. Like no one Bing. really <laughs> knows what a public relations professional does. Um, so it's 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 interesting because we can uh, help in so many ways on the communications front. What did Chandler do? Now that now that you <laughs> that's know. a good question. I really should have done my research. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. I think he was a consultant. I think, I think he worked in public relations. He might. Have. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's funny that analogy popped that, out of your mouth. Okay. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Exactly. Sure. The thing it's this kind of je ne sais quoi kind of like not quite sure, but at the end of the day, it is absolutely vital. It sure. And is. seeing your firm spin up this new capability is just awesome because you guys have really made a splash in Pittsburgh over the years with the work that you've done. So yeah. I, what's next? How are you going to continue to grow? I'm assuming that like you, know, you guys are in high gear now. So Yeah, so we've had some great momentum. Um, we're just continuing to get the word about, out about the practice, reaching out to uh, contacts and mm-hmm. trying to just kind of, again, spread the word about how um, much we can help in the communications field, whether it's ghostwriting, um, whether it's web content, whether it's uh, basic media relations, crisis communications, issue advocacy, we're really running the gamut, and we have a team in place of really um, great people at ColdSpark, and I'm I'm just I've been so happy to join them and help. I think it's moving. I think it was a good unification of talents and skills when that all came together. So people learn more about ColdSpark. Where can they go? Uh, they can go to our website, mm-hmm. www.coldspark.com. Some good stuff on there, too. I was scrolling through there. You can see some of the mm-hmm. campaigns and stuff you guys have done, some really powerful work. I think people will be impressed. Definitely. see you're up to. And I tell you what, we actually just did a little research here, according to Noah, our producer. So, Chandler Bing. What was the background on him again? He, he's pulling up to me. We've got, we got we to pull this up. This is pretty he was his occupation here was junior advertising copywriter and IT procurement manager. Wow, that's a very yeah. diverse set of oh, job skills. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thank you, Noah, for bringing that. See, wow. exactly. He, he will slot in just perfectly at Cold Sparks. So. That's right. So <laughs> funny. Way too much fun. Thank Thanks you, again Noah. for stopping in and filling us into the latest and greatest with Cold Spark. Thanks yeah, so much thanks for having us. You. Great stuff. Hey, we're taking a break. We got a ton more tech vibe coming your way. That's a metric ton. It's a lot of tech vibe. You may not be able to handle it, but give it your best. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Welcome back. So glad you are spending time with us here on Tech 5 Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, it's another Friday night. and I'm like, wow, man. Hanging out with some pretty cool people tonight. Having some fun, talking about all the cool things happening in Pittsburgh's tech sector. We have Paul Kuznesny from Method Automation hanging out with us. Paul. Hey, guys. What's up, man? How you doing tonight? Good. Doing great. What are, you, cool. what are you up to these days? So, um, we're doing a lot of different things. So, we've got actually got a couple products that are coming out. Yeah. Um, one for the legal space okay. and uh, one for the federal space. Huh. Uh, what does that mean? So, we do business process automation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, workflow. Uh, we get the right information to the right people at the right time. Um, and you so, make it look easy. Like these are things that people take for granted. Sure. I mean, you know, every process, every every bit of time is yeah, money, right? Exactly. So we try to we try to uh, create a very efficient process to save these companies money because obviously these pennies add up to millions of dollars in some cases. Exactly. Uh, so for our budget program, for example, um, it's a program that goes out uh, – for say the FDA uses this program, um, it goes out and takes each section of the congressional budget, and it sends it out to all of the people that would actually formulate that budget um, within that government department. Uh, it also integrates with mm, Oracle. I'd like Hyperion to get my Finances. hands on that. Yeah, so it's it's fantastic, and, and what it does is 
uh, it goes out and it goes through its own approval process in each section. So it actually starts about 900 different workflows. Uh, and then they're Jeez. all managed, so they've got kind of like a controlled dashboard. They can see so like, where they're at in like the process. It's like Rocket Mortgage. It is very much like Rocket Mortgage, just on uh, an industrial scale, if you will. Wow. So, so that is that is what you do and what you actually deliver. So you will in, you install that. You actually help the yes. companies create their own, I don't want to say customizations, but. Sure. It's a customized workflow. Right. You know, we're, we're adapting that workflow to how you guys do business. So we've done this for a couple of different right. government agencies who do it very differently, from one from the other. Right. Uh, but no longer are they passing around in an email, a Word document, and 900 different versions of that Word yeah, document. But it's so much more away. fun doing it that way, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Job security. No, I exactly. Love, I love, like, knowing status and knowing who's read it and knowing if they're in maybe mode. Absolutely. And there's certain people within that organization whose job is not to do a budget two months out of the year. Uh, but that's what they were spending on it prior. So huh. we were saving close to, I think it was something like 60,000 man hours of budget or formulation process. Or woman hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, person hours, right. as a matter of fact. Person so, hours. Person hours. Exactly. Um, you know, but you think about, you know, all the, the emails that were lost or the changes that somebody made that they had to redo because they lost those changes. And just, just the amount of errors that can come from that. Absolutely. I, mean, yeah, just... I, I am such a believer in this, this stuff. I know that there are people who are like, oh, but that was my job. It's like, no, your job now is to be much more of a critical thinker. Correct. Not just a person who's passing and stamping and checking. Absolutely. So now, you know, one of the other things that we do is we do integration. So we integrated this budget tool with Oracle, Oracle uh, Hyperion oh, Financials. Really? Hyperion. So the business intelligence could be extracted out of that. So it's actually directly connected. So we could actually put tags in the document to say, you know, this is the word five billion, or it's the actual number spelled out. Right. And then at the moment they hit a button at the very end of this entire workflow, they hit a button and it actually creates the congressional budget that they walk up to Capitol Hill. That is amazing. That's it's, so cool. Literally, it's one document. So. When they hit that button, it used to take months, months. and people exactly. to do this. They hit a button. It actually can publish it out to their website. That's cool. Uh, really? And they walk it up. And they, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. They can that's even really export cool. sections but out to their congressmen. with small companies too? Yes. So it's, you know, medium to large size companies. Most of our clients are- What is medium? Yeah. What yeah, exactly what is, medium? is medium in your eyes? So uh, medium for us is, you know, 100 to 150 okay. employees, I think that's, is- That's medium is to us too. Yeah. Sometimes people say medium is like 10,000. I'm like, whoa. No. That's super large. No, to me, that's that's an enterprise. Okay. Right? That's yeah. a much larger- Okay. So, so if like 100 people, that, that's our sweet spot at the PTC. Our, many of our members, they're like, you know, in that- 80 to 120 you know, folks on the ground. Yeah, and you know, as a, as a small company ourselves today, you just have to learn how to do more with less, right? You have mm-hmm. to use, you only have so much time in a day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and unless you want to work Saturdays and Sundays. We like that. So we, <laughs> we like to streamline our processes. I like to go play golf on Saturday. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but streamlining those processes and giving that time back to your employees to, to do the jobs they were originally hired right. to do, right. like exactly. you said. I think as Audrey says, to be critical thinkers, not just right. <laughs> marking stuff up, but using that time to actually think things through more and have new ideas. Correct. There's right. a big initiative right now for robotic programming. Right. Um, RPA. Yeah. And so one of the challenges with that, and it's funny because I just heard a story not too long ago where um, some of the auto industries had automated building all these cars, and there's tons of automation. Uh, but what they found out is they had like 20% less patents that they were filing a year. Uh, and the reason is because you took the, the human element out of it. 
So that critical thinker, that person who was yeah. So now they have those industrial robots. They're not correct. ascertaining so they've where a- the opportunity is. Exactly. So they've actually added people back into the mix because those were the source of the patents. They were able to solve the hard problems, mm-hmm. which then turned into patents. Right. Um, right. So I don't think you can that's ever remove. That's a great remove. example. I'm going to steal that from you. Yeah, I'll that, give you absolutely. credit. No, no, no. I, she will use it wherever she goes. I'm remember, use that. remember, the first one's always free. Oh, the what's thing. the second so, one going right to cost? Yeah. <laughs> oh, looking like a true salesperson. No, that, so, um, that's that's really cool. So these and what are the all the processes we just talked about? Like, you know, plant floor processes, sure. and stuff. What are the other processes that can be integrated? So some of the more normal things. So obviously we integrate with things like Office 365, which is very oh really very uh, popular platform right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So SQL, Oracle, uh, Microsoft Exchange. Wait, who do you not integrate with? So the That's only thing we don't integrate right, right now is the Xbox. Yeah. We haven't done anything with that or PS. Well, quit slacking and get yeah. on to that. Come on. Yeah, no, but game. Uh, so one of the cool things that we've really incorporated into all of our workflows right now is texting as part of the process. Oh wow! So now you can manage That's... your text. Crazy. Move the processes along through a texting box. You should use Audrey as a uh, test case. And you've got some secure strategies in there? Correct. So we've actually created like hashes for all of the text messages that Uh, go out. So there's actually an embedded security. So you can't spoof somebody else's text. Because that would be what I would do. (laughs) Approving your vacation request. (laughs) Exactly. So you ask that. Everybody's off for the month. (laughs) Uh, And nobody gets a paycheck. Uh, Yeah. Those are just normal fun things. (laughs) So I would. Uh, so you talked about other processes. So right. some of the big ones for us are vacation requests, which we call out of office. Because you could be out of the office not only on PTO, but you could just be traveling to a conference. Right, or a um, client. Correct. So you've got all of these different kind of scenarios. It could be a maternity leave. It could be a family leave act. Mm-hmm. So we kind of rolled this. It could be this. a soccer game. It could be a soccer game. Uh, you're leaving early that day. But at least people know where you're at within the organization. So. We built a workflow for out of office, right? Oh, that's cool. Uh, we built and that a, interfaces with Office 365? Office 365, so you have your kind of unified calendar so you can see what's going on there. And then also you're getting a text message. So if it's someone that reports to you, you know, a lot. Of, you know, it's easy to get drowned in email, right? So obviously we have the ability with our workflows where you can just respond to an email to approve a vacation request. You get all the information mm-hmm. there. But – People are about ninety percent more apt to respond to a text message than they are an email. Totally, I'm the same. I'm that way, aren't you? Oh, hundred percent. So when you get that email or when you get that text message, bang, you're going to look at it, whether you want to or not. It's just yeah, kind of it's, it's reflexive. A reaction you now, feel right? it's, you're like, wait, ah, okay, yeah. approved. Yeah. So now I can just go, you know, uh, approve. I can see all of the information of who requested it, what they're requesting, when they're requesting it for, and it's keeping track of this all the way along. Absolutely, so you can always look at a history of it and Correct. see what's going on. So we call wow, it our smart hook. Powerful. Super powerful stuff. So it's now you're kind of never disconnected, if you will, but we're also looking at different avenues and methods to make sure that you're getting the right information at the right time. Remind our listeners, we're talking to Paul Conesny from Method Automation. You guys are working on some super powerful stuff. I mean, I wish we could integrate some of this into our our office space, just being able to keep track of stuff and be able to keep... No, I really like Flows it. Flows working. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just like I just, that's what makes businesses just home. I know. It's great. And being able to do that to me is just like, wow, that's, that could be life-changing for a company. Well, we're using K2 Black Pearl, which is our, our, okay. our workflow platform. And what we say is anytime you invest your money and your dollars in, in a workflow platform that can do all of these types of integrations, you want to be able to show your management, your team, the people who are making that investment yeah. success right away. 
right? So what we do is we take our out-of-office solution that we use personally, uh, and we will give that to you for free. Really? As When you actually buy K2. Okay. Uh, and what that does is there might be some customizations, like you guys maybe have a different process of how a vacation request gets done and then how those hours get deducted from your HR system, right? So those might be some small yeah, modifications, but we'll come in and, and make those for and you. You can make those connections, tailor it up, and then boom, it's correct according to your process. But instead of waiting three months, you now have a process in production in a couple of days. Very, very cool. We've got a couple minutes left. You've been building this company for a while here in Pittsburgh. Yes. What's it been like growing a company that's offering these types of solutions? Uh, it's been really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and again, we're doing it in an area like New Kensington, uh, which is, you know, a very depressed area. Is it? Um, yeah. And Penn State has done a great job. Yeah, the corner, yeah. Uh, with the corner, mm-hmm. just doing some amazing stuff. Uh, and it's really starting to gain some traction. We need 20 more of you out there. That's great. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love to see a tech company, another tech company, come and kind of share that space with us. Calling all tech right. companies. New Ken wants you. Yeah. I mean, the real estate, you know, you know, you can buy a building for five to ten grand. Really? Still now. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know, talking to the uh, the city of New Kensington, they have a theater there that they're selling for a dollar. What? For a buck? Only a million dollars worth of that asbestos <laughs> removal coming our way, but yeah, it's a deal. Wow. Well, and again, it's it's critical, like as a startup, right. if you can find a decent space that you can make really great. your own. Definitely. Right. right. And last question of the day, your website so people can learn right. more about you. Where's the best place to go? Uh, www.method-automation.com. Yeah. Um, and check us out there. And then we've also got another legal product that's for new business intake called okay. Matter360. Great. Uh, and that's out there as well. Perfect. Uh, and that's a pre-canned solution for all of your legal, new business intake, conflict check uh, type scenarios. Check it out when you hit the site. All out of time. So happy to be hanging out with you tonight, Paul. Thank you so Great much, show. guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're Great you. seeing you guys again. Thank you. We're taking a quick break. We're coming right back, Audrey. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. So for our final segment of the evening, we're putting it into double overdrive, Audrey got a cool dude and a cool company hanging out with us tonight. All right. And he's well, no stranger to you either, Audrey. I hardly know him, but know. Let's, just, <laughs> let's just jump really right true? in. Let's just jump right in. So who do we have in the house right now? So my name is Moss Ogiso. Hello, Moss Ogiso. And you are here to talk to us about... Origin. It's and- a renewable energy company. That was recently started yeah. uh, in Pittsburgh. Just launched, by, yeah. Yep, backed by a, a Japanese uh, multinational conglomerate. And uh, we're focused on uh, solar PV and energy storage for communities, large commercial and industrial customers, and corporations. And we're going to be focused on uh, the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast. Very cool. So what does that mean? Yeah. Like, break it down. So if our listeners are just driving in their car and saying, okay, what does that mean? How does that, what should they be thinking about? when they think of your company? So I would put them in two buckets. One would be if there's land that they think might be good for solar energy in the future. Ah. They can contact us. So if we have land. Yep. And so any particular size? um, The minimum we would probably go for would be about 10 acres. Okay. But ideally, if we can have something a bit larger, um, closer to around 100, 100 acres. Okay. Uh, they'll be attracted to us. That's the sweet spot when it starts to become really worth your while. Yes. Okay. okay. And the other thing is if they work for corporations that want to buy renewable energy or if they have any 
desires to have renewable energy on site or mm. energy storage. That's mm-hmm. those are th- things that we would be interested in. Interesting. So that's great. So you're focused on the Mid Atlantic and the Northeast. Is yes, that correct? That's correct. Because we have the most sun. No, not necessarily. I thought we had the most sun here in Pittsburgh. No, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't have the best solar resource. But um, this is an area that has gotten attention of the of the solar industry, as you know, most of the solar facilities in this country are out in the west and out and down the south. Yeah, you always think of the coast and like the southwest and things like That's that. That's right. right. Okay. Um, but east of the Mississippi, when you think about the Mid Atlantic and the Northeast. I think um, wind that's power. That's where the load is. That's yeah. where the but that, that's where all that's where all the usage is, right? So bringing yeah. that closer to where the usage is, right? Exactly. And then there's a strong uh, sentiment in the market right now for renewables. Uh, there's policies that are being introduced. Are they like renewables. what? What kind of policies are you seeing? Increasing the uh, renewable portfolio standards. Oh. So within Pennsylvania, there are bills being introduced uh, as we speak. Hmm. Um, that are looking to increase the amount of renewables that are being purchased uh, within the state. So just recently, about a, almost two years ago, uh, Pennsylvania closed down its borders for SRECs. And what that means yeah, what's that? is that solar renewable energy credits. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And previously, um, out-of-state projects were selling their solar renewable energy credits to Pennsylvania. Ah. And it was saturating the market. So what the state did was they finally decided to say, look, um, we want to close down our borders. Mm-hmm. So we are creating solar jobs in-state, and we're promoting projects being built in-state. So that, was, that took place about uh, almost two years ago. Um, so that's step one. But our solar carve-out is only 0.5% right now. So, so there's so a lot of opportunity to so grow. There's right. a bill being introduced to increase that to a higher level. So why are you focusing on solar and not wind? Well, a lot of the good wind resource areas are are pretty much taken. So the market's yeah, it's kind saturated of... a little bit? Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of us have experience in developing wind farms. Right. Oh, that's um, good. And in terms of uh, developing solar, it's I would say it's much easier from a siting and permitting standpoint. Ah. Um, obviously, from a, from a visual effects. Less mm-hmm. moving parts. Right. Less moving parts. Yeah. So... Um, and given the fact that we don't have much land, right, when you have a wind farm, you need, you need, you a, need lot a lot more space. What do you need per right? windmill? Uh, well, per windmill, it's about 60 acres per windmill. Whoa. So, but that's just yeah. one windmill. Right. And so compare that to solar. Yeah. Compare that to solar, you're talking about, you know, you need five acres per megawatt. Um, so one turbine, maybe three megawatts. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's your numbers right there. And, I mean, yeah, you can see the difference need, in scale. But, you know, when it comes to building projects um, closer to the, where, where the energy is being used, you need, you need land, but there's not much land closer to the load. Right. And, gotcha. you know, siting becomes more difficult. Um, and it's, you know, solar's gotten a lot of traction because it can be scaled down to uh, sizes that can be... On site almost, right? On I mean, site, like yeah. Literally. And so also, has there been like a, I'm assuming, vast developments in the actual technology behind solar that allows it to become more efficient and produce more energy per you know, square foot, I guess, for lack of a better term. Is that true? Yes. There's uh, bifacial technologies okay. that um, that a lot of module makers are working on, and, and some of the early deployment of bifacial modules uh, have taken place. And uh, it certainly increases the efficiency 
Um, there's also trackers. Um, you know, currently the market is is looking a lot at a lot at uh, single axis trackers. Okay. That that track the the sun's movement. Um, and those are usually ideal for for areas where you have relatively flat surfaces. Interesting. That is, I find it amazing. So so Pittsburgh is now poised. This region is now poised to become get more traction in the solar area, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. So so, so why did the company? Why did Orton choose to come to Pittsburgh to do this? So the markets that we're looking at, um, Pittsburgh is ideally located centrally to the the PJM market and the New York market into the Northeast. Um, for us as developers, uh, we need to be able to get to the sites at relative ease. So good central um, location, right? Yeah. When we're talking to our customers, when we're talking to our landowners, we want to be able to put ourselves in front of them rather than just use like a land agent, for example. Um, so being able to be in front of them is important. Uh, second thing is that you know, there's a lot of talent um, that you can choose from in, in Pittsburgh in terms of uh, human capital. Yeah, tell us about um, with that. Their, with their universities. Yeah. Um, um, you know, just you know, just to let you know, you know, my team met um, MH- MHPS's team initially at Carnegie Mellon's Energy Week. Oh, really? Yeah. So Carnegie Mellon's Energy Week is um, a fantastic event. Right. That brings. That's in- when I got the news release, and I was like, I got to get these guys on the show. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. So you met them at Carnegie Mellon. Yep, at the Energy Week, and um, <laughs> you know, once we started talking about the workforce, um, you know, there's a lot of talented people that are originally from Pittsburgh or have some ties to Pittsburgh through mm-hmm. universities and they may have moved away. But, um, you know, it's a very livable city and there's a lot of talent looking to come back to the city right. as well. So in terms of um, starting a business, you know, you know, obviously we could have went to the West Coast, to the San Fran area right. or to New York or Boston where the cost of living is much, much more expensive. Um, but so- Pittsburgh is a very livable city and it's on the rise and it's mm-hmm. – it's, uh, you know, we're getting traction in terms of uh, bringing people on board. How many people are you trying to bring into Pittsburgh? What's your what's your goals on that? So currently, um, we have a, an office space that we leased in the North Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have space up to forty people. Um, nice. In two thousand nineteen, awesome. we're looking to hire seven additional hires. Fantastic! So, what kind of skills? Uh, half of them, I would say, would be engineering. Engineering, so. Um, we we do have several job postings up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a job posting for director of engineering procurement to yeah, lead the technical right. efforts. Right. Uh, we have a position for uh, a senior solar PV design engineer, mm-hmm. as well as a, an EPC estimator role. In addition to those roles, we have some junior positions open as well um, for project analysts and a financial associate. Um, and those that'll make up five, and then. And we all we're also hiring for an office manager, and uh, you're getting the whole thing going. I love this. Yes. I mean, you're making a solid, super big investment here in, in Pittsburgh to get this company up and going. Yeah, so it's, it's very it's cool very exciting, stuff, yeah. and uh, it's it's exciting to be able to put the team together. We were pumped because it was during Energy Week back in the spring at Carnegie Mellon when it was announced that you're you're making the investment here in Pittsburgh. And to me, I just seeing the technology that you're doing, what you, what you guys are working on, and doing that in Pittsburgh to me was just really interesting. And I'm like, wow, we got to get this guy on here and talk about this. <laughs> there's going to be a big impact here. Well, like, I, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's, there's a misnomer that people think that you have to have sun, like, you know, for, you know, a huge amount of sun for this to work. Obviously, battery strategy is important in all this, and which is exciting. I mean, it's exciting to know that we have a variety of energy here, so that keeps us nimble 
and it keeps us trying to figure out what our footprint is. So that work is, is noble and important, and it's also important for us in terms of us becoming a 22nd century, you know, Pittsburgh. Yep. And, you know, the, you know what people want in places that they live. Yeah, exactly. And, and our parent company, Mitsubishi Hitachi Power System, you know, we're a market leader in large gas turbines. Right. And that's, that's who, you know, that's our DNA is, is a gas company. Um, our vision is that, you know, looking forward into the future, we do believe a balance of gas and renewables. Um, and every market is going to be different. It's a diverse portfolio. Right. You, know, you can every take the ones that are more strong in areas and put them, plug them in where they can best be used, I suppose. Exactly. Right? In, okay. in Pennsylvania and, and this region, um, we certainly believe, you know, obviously we have gas and we certainly believe there could be renewables as well. Super cool. We've got about a minute or so left. So obviously you're ramping up. Any any cool project you can tell us about real quick before we uh, uh, yeah, sure. put a so, cap on um, the show? You know, with within the the short uh, few months that we've we've had, uh, you know, we have about eighty megawatts of site control, and uh, you know, of which uh, we do have a project in uh, Western New York, okay, uh, with a university that we've recently recently been awarded on for solar and energy storage. Uh, we also have another project, uh, which is going to be a community energy project, located on a landfill, which has been dormant wow. for okay. decades. Very cool. So using space that's been abandoned. And then putting that to good use again. Exactly. Super, super cool. If people want to learn more about the company, Moss, where can they go and check it out? So our website is going to be up soon. Okay. No <laughs> okay. Yeah, we will keep ourselves tuned to it. So uh, it would be www.oridenpower.com. That's Just O-R-I-D-E-N-P-O-W-E-R.com. Uh, Excellent. We'll, we'll keep trolling the interwebs until it goes up, and we're going to check it out. Can people learn more about what you're doing? You're here in Pittsburgh making a really great investment in a really important industry. We can't thank you enough, man. Super cool. Thank you so much for having me. All the way around. Thank Audrey, you. Another great show under our belt. Yep. How much fun. We get to talk to guys like Moss about this type of stuff. Well, I love the variety that's appearing. Definitely. And so, obviously, he's taken a giant leap based on his background and got the backing of a multinational company. And uh, that's only good. Only good can come out of it. And only in Pittsburgh. Anyhow. Anyone, thanks for thanks for tuning in to Tech Vibe this Friday night. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. After you do all that, have a fun and relaxing weekend.